and welcome to episode 41 of the Training with Tucker podcast. Today, I am joined by my good friend and Rhode Island-based running coach, Chris Knighton of Knighton Runs. So welcome to the show for the second time, Chris. How are you doing? Hey, Tucker. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me back onto your show. Absolutely. So you're officially my first friend that's published a book. So I had to seize this opportunity to bring you on and chat about uh, about the book and catch up on you know how things are going with with your running, your business, all that good stuff. So you know, first off, just curious, what led you to to wanting to write this book? What inspired you to to write the book? I should mention the the title. I suppose it is titled "How to Run Faster Marathons." And uh, I'm really excited. You just sent me a copy, so I'm, I'm really excited to dig into it. But what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, so much like you, I've transitioned from my old career to now coaching full-time. And I work with men and women across the country, for the most part, preparing them for events like the marathon and half marathon. And, you know, I really like to run excuse me, I really like to coach athletes who are looking to get faster, who really want to train like an athlete. And since I started coaching, you know, people would ask me questions and I would oftentimes write a blog post so that I could have a resource that I could then share with that person to help answer that question. And I figured if one person's asking that question, probably many people have that question. And I'm sure you know this, you get asked the same questions time and time again. So in the back of my mind, like three years ago, I was like, you know, there's probably enough content here to one day have a book. So I built out a table of contents and just over the course of about three years, as people asked me questions, I would write an article kind of answering that question or filling in that section of the table of contents. And eventually I got to a point where I had enough content where I was able to turn it into a book. And you know, I think being a being a coach is really, really great. And I love working with people one-on-one. But there is some limit to how many people I, I can actually reach directly through my one-on-one coaching. But what I see is just, I just really feel like for the most part, the people out there running marathons these days, I just don't think they're going about it the right way. And I really hope that my book has creates the opportunity for people to learn how to train just a little bit better and really train like an athlete instead of kind of just going out there and trying to like do this marathon and, you know, potentially getting themselves hurt. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that a little bit. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see and, you know, with, with Strava and social media, a lot of people are sharing publicly their their training. So, you know, we we get to see what a lot of people are doing out there. Um, I have some thoughts on this as well, but what are some of the big things that that you see as, you know, the mistakes that the the average kind of amateur runner is making? Thank you. Yeah, Strava is really really interesting platform. I I like it a lot. I use it and it's cool that you can see all everyone's runs. But I think there's a bit of a good and bad that comes from that. Um, I certainly think about this when I'm out on a run and like 
I get to a stoplight and I'm like, oh, should I stop my watch at the stoplight or should I let it run? If I let it run, people are going to think I, I, I did a slower run than I did. But if I stop it, then my time yeah. will show up faster on social media. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that I think people do in a silly way for Strava. But anyway, I think the biggest thing is marathons are obviously extremely popular. We both coach roadrunners primarily for marathons that's kind of like what everyone wants to do but i think for the most part people don't train for them like it's a like like it's like a long-term thing like they're actually an athlete developing a base of fitness getting in shape to actually run their best marathon i think most people the way they approach a marathon whether they would say this or not it's more like a bucket list thing like they want to do the race more so than they want to actually go through the steps required to do the race correctly Mm -hmm. so in my book i kind of get into that a little bit i really think that distance training is fairly simple and whether you're training for a one mile race or a marathon 90 percent of the training is the same But what I see is so many people jump straight to the marathon when they're relatively new runners and they don't yet have the base of fitness, endurance, and speed that's going to let them run a great marathon. So they end up making mistakes like, for example, doing long runs that in my opinion are way too long for them, which could get them hurt, Um, jumping into faster running before they're necessarily prepared for that, which could get them hurt. And, you know prioritizing like completing this marathon much more than just slowly patiently growing as an athlete and then eventually getting to the point where they can really do the marathon correctly right yeah that's very well said you know and i think that something that is going on internally that we we aren't often aware of is that you know as we are running consistently over a long period of time we are actually strengthening not just the muscles, but actually the bones and the connective tissues too. And that's where the injuries occur, right? It's it's more often with, with newer runners that you see, um, you know, issues with Achilles tendonitis or, you know, knee issues um, or, you know, you get stress fractures or, or things like that. It's rare that you have somebody that goes out and like strains a hamstring, right? Uh, that's where you, you see maybe more of those with like athletes that are doing maybe sprint workouts or things like that. But yeah, oftentimes just building up the the volume too quickly, trying to go for that, like you said, maybe running those longer long runs when you're not ready for it. And, and you might be able to get through one, but you do a couple in a training cycle and next thing you know, you've got a stress fracture and you're out for six months. So yeah, I, I like the the answer you had there about approaching it like an athlete and you're, you're spot on. Like it is something that a lot of, a lot of individuals see as a bucket list item, which is great. Like running a marathon is an incredible accomplishment, no matter who you are. And I, it's something that I think everybody can do, um, and maybe not should do, but everyone can run a marathon if they, if they want to. And I think it's worth pursuing, but you know, we, we wouldn't expect somebody to go, you know, compete in the national football league, um, you know, without properly training 
through youth football and high school football and college football, right? And yet we have, you know, amateur runners that want to just jump into to marathons when they haven't put in the years and years of, of practice. Totally. So what I try to outline in my book is really kind of three different elements that if you're serious about wanting to do a marathon and wanting to do it the right way, these are all the things that you need to keep in mind. And those things are kind of mindset of how you approach the whole sport, the theory of how your training is actually going to develop over time and making sure that there's like a plan to it and you're not just kind of winging it. And then the third thing is what are the supplemental practices that you're doing beyond kind of just going out there and running that are going to support you and make sure you're getting the most out of your running and that you're as successful as you can be in sport. Great. And I, you know, I don't want you to, uh, to give away everything in your book here because I do want people to go out and, and pick it up. And I will put a, a link in the show notes of where people can find your book. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, they can go on Amazon, right. And, and search how to run faster marathons. Um, am I getting the title right? <laughs> so the title is run faster marathons, the proven path to PR by Chris Knighton. A funny story, there's a similarly titled book called Run Faster Marathons, and now, as of May, Run Faster Half Marathons by Greg McMillan, who is another running coach in the running world. But if you search for Chris Knighton or Run Faster Marathons, The Proven Path to PR, you will find mine. And it's highly reviewed. It has more reviews than Greg McMillan's book. So there you you'll, go. Know it's, it's, you'll know it's mine. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that was that was very interesting because he published like what a month before you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was <laughs> it was a very odd coincidence, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, run faster marathons, proven path to PR. Chris Knighton, go check it out. I don't want you to give away all the secrets in your book here. But, um, you know, dig into to some of those a little more of those, those three pieces that you talked about. So you talked about mindset, um, you know, what is maybe one of the big takeaways from that portion of the book that, uh, you think everybody would benefit from? Yeah. So building your confidence is key. I always tell folks that you can only run up to your full potential if you allow yourself the space to do that. You need to truly believe that you're capable of doing something before it can actually happen. So if that means you set a big ambitious goal for running a race, say you want to run 3.30 in the marathon just to make up a time, you need to fully believe that like it's 100% possible that you can do that before and as you line up on the starting line. If you have any doubts of whether that's possible, you're setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, there is a chapter in my book that kind of goes into this and it's like, how do you develop your confidence as a runner over time? There are many ways to do that, but the more you practice and the more you do things the right way in training, the more experiences you can draw upon to be inspirations, to be sources of confidence so that when you know you get to the starting line, you know, you're ready. So that's a bit on the mindset piece. Great. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really important aspect of it, believing that you can do something before you, you go out and do it. Now, 
there's, I think there's two approaches and I, I like to use both, but do you lean on, on either side here? I'm a big fan of fitness tests, doing some races in training so that we can gauge where you're at and using that to help build that confidence of what we know is actually possible. There's the other side, um, which I don't do a ton of with my athletes, but I do some of, and that is marathon goal pace work in training. Um, do you have a preferred option? Do you incorporate both of those with the athletes that you coach? Yeah, I love that question because we're kind of getting into the coaching aspect of it. There's many different right ways to train, but what's important is you find a way that's going to instill the most confidence in you. Often that's just trusting the program that you're in, whether that's working with a coach like Tucker or following another training plan online, you know, you have to trust what you're doing is going to work. Personally, I always recommend that my athletes do two tune-up races before any marathon. So they'll ask me, you know, what I should do and when I should do it. And I'll say, pick a half marathon to run about four to eight weeks before your goal marathon. That half marathon is going to be an indicator of what kind of fitness you're in and let you know what realistically you could maybe expect to run in the marathon. And then you'd still have a month to two months afterwards to make any course corrections and recover from that race before you then race your goal marathon. I also like to have my athletes do a slightly shorter race than a half, maybe about a month before their half. So often that's a 10K or a 5K. And by having those check-in points along the way, you know what kind of fitness you're in. One of the things I talk about in my book is I have a whole section on what I call the six different phases of marathon training. And this is where I really get into how do you break up a season and, and what do you focus on at different times? That's one of the things that I really think most athletes, most runners don't really do or pay attention to until they start until they start maybe working with a coach or getting really invested in understanding how training works. As your training evolves over time, there should be different phases you go through where you place emphasis on different aspects of your training. As you get closer and closer to your goal race, typically the types of workouts you're doing should become more specific to what that race is actually going to require. So with the marathon, I'll often have people start off with short and fast workouts, and as they get closer to the marathon, they do longer and slower workouts. So I talk about what those would be for the marathon, different examples. My book doesn't have training plans, but it kind of walks you through each phase and talks about like what you should be paying attention to and how you might go about designing your own training. Or if you're following the practices of a coach or a training plan line, like what goes into making those decisions. But the topic of goal marathon pace workouts is an interesting one. I think that that is a really useful type of workout for some athletes, but I don't think it's necessary. And I think it, it, it often kind of depends on your goals. Yeah. So like many athletes have a goal of, for example, qualifying for the Boston marathon. Those athletes tend to be very driven they really, really want to run, you know, under three hours, under 3.30, under 3.45, whatever their goal time is to BQ. Oftentimes those athletes 
get a lot of confidence from doing long runs at marathon pace. I used to do them myself. I'm also a, a runner and still trying to be pretty competitive. I used to like to do those athletes when I was trying to be Q. But that, uh, I used to like to do those types of workouts before I was trying to be Q. Now that I've already qualified for Boston, though, I've personally moved away from that style of workout. And if I have an athlete who's not particularly concerned with running a specific goal time, they just want to improve. I think there's a lot of benefit to just not having that much structure to your long runs, not worrying about the pace so much. I think mentally it's a lot easier to do unstructured long runs. And I think physically it's arguably just as good, maybe even better to do less structure in your long runs. So I take it on a case by case basis, but in my book, I kind of talk about the different types of long runs you could do and why you may want to pick some over the others. Right. I agree completely. And I'm also not a, a very big fan of marathon goal pace work as we, uh, you know, maybe save it for another podcast conversation. We can explain why that is, but really running your marathon goal pace is, uh, not, it's not in a specific physiological zone that's really going to benefit you a whole heck of a lot. Really the only benefit is building that confidence, building that muscle muscle memory, uh, for running that exact pace. But I agree completely. It's not something that's really going to give you a ton of reward. Um, I'm a bigger fan of, of the long, slow distance, but, um, anyways, we only have a couple more minutes here. So just any last thoughts on the book on, you know, mistakes that you see runners make any advice for people who are maybe targeting a, a, a full marathon in the, in the fall, we got some big marathons coming up with, uh, you know, with Chicago, uh, with New York coming up in the fall here, any tips or anything like that? Yeah, totally. So just to touch my book, it is available on Amazon. If you search for run faster marathons, the proven path to PR, you can, you can order it there. If you're interested, if you're the type of person who really wants to know, like, how do you develop training? Like what goes in a coach's mind to figure out training? And if you're kind of a self-guided athlete, I think you'll really appreciate reading it. The feedback has been really good in the sense that it's like, it's a, it's a quick read. It's only about 123 pages. It's really to the point and there's not a lot of fluff in there. And people seem to really like that. You can read through it in just a few sittings and it's the type of book that you can reference back, you know, every, every training cycle and, and refer to time and time again. So I think it will really help you out if you're wanting to figure out what goes into actually running a faster marathon. But I think the most important thing is not necessarily like what training system you choose. It's just choosing one and sticking with it for a period of time that's going to make you successful. I think the all the athletes who you see who are really successful and maybe those who are not as successful, generally there's a level of commitment that they've made to the process they're going to follow. Before I hired my first coach and got serious about marathon training, I just went out and ran and did like totally random runs of all different lengths. I would just like Google what would be a good workout to do. And I would do that workout. It made no sense. 
Mm-hmm. And I, in, as a result, I had lackluster results and very intermittent. The second I got on like a structured training plan that was thought out by someone who was paying attention to what I was doing and my goals, like I saw immediate improvements. So I think the key, if you're training for a marathon this fall is figure out what system you're going to use, whether it's a coach, a book, a training plan online and buy into that completely and see it through. I think that's key. It's a great piece of advice. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting about, about your book and sharing your tips for how to train like an athlete and how to run faster marathons. Um, you know, as I've said many times before, I think, uh, you know, the, the BQ is something that is very unique and special for us amateur athletes because it's kind of like the, the top of our sport and it's very, very hard to do and, uh, you know, very, um, kind of prestigious company when you do qualify for Boston. So, um, if you're trying to BQ or run a faster marathon, I encourage you to check out Chris's book, um, consider hiring a coach. And as Chris said, commit, because that is, is really the key. I think a lot of athletes kind of go back and forth. They try this approach, they try that approach, they train kind of haphazardly. And then, you know, like you said, they don't, maybe don't get the results that they want. And so commit to something for the long term, and uh, you will see the results that you want. So thanks again, Chris. I really appreciate you coming on and I will, uh, I'll share info in the show notes for how people can find you and reach out to you. And, uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Tucker. This is great coming back on. All right. We'll have to do it again. <laughs>